We now start the seventh parak of Maseches Yevamos, and the focus of this parak will be on a topic that was just touched on tangentially in the previous chapter. We talked about how a woman who is a Bas Cohen, she herself is from a Cohen family, but she participates in a union which is forbidden to her. She becomes psula, invalid from eating truma thereafter for the rest of her life. So we're going to discuss that in length here. The just a moments of just background to make sure the basic dinam are clear because the Mishnah here, Mishnah Aleph, jumps into the thick of things right away with a strange what if. But um, just make sure that the halachas are clear. A woman who is the daughter of a Kohen. So she is permitted to eat truma her whole life unless either A, she marries a non-Kohen, a czar, in which case she becomes part of his household and exempt and disallowed from eating truma. Or B, she had been married to a non-Kohen, and she has a child from that person. So then even if now she's widowed or divorced, and she would otherwise go back to her father's home, let's say, and be once again allowed to eat truma like before, if she has offspring from the non-Kohen, so she's tied into like having her own new family, if you will, a non-Kohenic family, and that being the case, um, she can no longer eat truma. The third possibility is if she's a regular Kohenist, but she participates in one of these forbidden unions, even a, just a, like, let's say, mitzvah's ase, like, for example, she marries, a, she's a divorcee, and she marries a Kohen, for example. So then, forevermore, she comes psula, and she cannot eat truma. On the flip side, a woman who was born to a non-Kohen, a Bas Yisrael, so she is not allowed to eat truma, unless one of two things happen. Either A, she marries a Kohen, in which case now she's part of his household and can eat truma with him. Or B, she had been she has a child who is uh whose father was a Cohen. Now she the, the father's no longer here, they're they're, they're they're she's widowed, let's say. But she now has a child who's a Cohen, so then that's like they create their own family unit and she can eat truma being part of that family unit there with her child, the Cohen. Okay, um, now one last point of introduction before we jump into the thick of it with the Mishnah here. When it comes to avadim, slaves, so slaves are, their person is owned by their owner, and therefore they're considered to be part of a household. So the principle, the, sort of the guiding principle here in the Mishnah is a Kohen's household, meaning the Kohen and his wife and his children and even his animals under whatever circumstances, which are part of the household, can all eat truma, he can feed the animals truma, he can feed his children and his wife truma. Um, so to the avadim, the slaves that he owns, he can also feed truma. That's based on a pasuk, and actually this is a pasuk which um, has a limud from which one learns that the woman who didn't start out being a kohen can also um, eat truma when she marries the kohen. It's the pasuk in Vayikra, Perk Chaf Beis, Pasukir Aleph, which says, V'chohen, when it comes to a kohen, ki yikne nefesh kinyan kaspo, when he acquires a person, hu yochel bo, he, that acquired person, also may be, may be permitted to eat truma through his relationship to the Kohen and his household. And actually that's a drush there. Also the woman, of course, when a couple gets married, the husband doesn't own the person of the wife, um, but he does acquire certain rights in her personhood, meaning her, her rights for ishos for marriage, they belong to him exclusively, and that's enough um, to make her be part of his household to eat truma. Okay, so with that in mind, the Mishnah here wants to ask the following question. What happens if you have a woman who is in and of herself psula from eating truma? 
She can't eat truma. Let's say she is, in the case of the mission will be, the first words, almanala kohen gadol. She is a widow. She marries a kohen gadol. That's against the rules. It's a violation of Mrs. Ase. So now she becomes psul and she can never um, eat truma ever again, even though she's still married to the kohen. They're supposed to get divorced, but until they get divorced, they're married. What about her slaves that she owns? So are those slaves permitted to eat to eat uh, truma. I should really say better, the slaves she brings into the marriage, to be more inclusive of the whole mission here. So, on the one hand, they're her slaves, and to the extent they're her slaves, it would assume that they're like sort of subordinate to her, and she can't eat truma, so maybe they can't also. Or do we say, no, so they're part of the larger household, and he can eat truma, because he, he's a Kohen, so they can eat truma too. Okay, now, really to understand the nuances of this mission, you have to remind, be reminded of the two ways in which um, asks that a woman brings the marriage can become the husband's, as is codified in Iksuba. There's two categories. It's called Nixay Tzon Barzal. Tzon means like a flock of sheep. Barzal means iron. So it's iron sheep, literally. Um, another kind is Nixay Malug. Nixay Malug, Malug is to pluck, like plucking property. Now, I think those two things are, again, very briefly. Tzon Barzal means that she brings in an asset, let's say the, the slave here to the marriage, and the value of the slave is appraised, and in the ksuba is written a fixed amount, which says, you know, the slave now becomes mine, or the flock becomes mine, or the apartment building becomes mine. But we're saying the ksuba, if we ever get divorced or you're widowed, so then you'll get this fixed amount, this, you know, a million shekels for that asset. That's called tzon barzel. Um, it's like sort of because the value of it is set in, like stone, set in iron. Tzon barzel, iron, iron sheep. Um, so really what happens is when she brings that asset into the marriage, the Cohen, the husband, now actually owns it in truth. He owns it, just he's on the hook for a financial, you know, amount in the event that they split up. The other kind of asset, nechse malug, plucking property, technically it would be called usufruct property, that's a fancy word. He has the right for the, to use it and to get the payros, the benefit, the dividends, um, that it produces while they're married, but the actual corpus, the thing itself, goes back to her in the event of divorce. So the case of sheep, it would mean she brings the flock in. Um, the flock, while they're married, he can shear the sheep, he can get the milk and so on, um, and that's his. But um, in the event that, that they split up, she gets back the sheep themselves. That's if it's Malug property. Um, same goes if it's an apartment building. While they're married, he can collect the rent and spend it what he wants, um, but in the case of divorce, then she takes the actual building back, etc. So, when it comes to Nechse Son Barza, really, it's being transferred totally to him. When it comes to Malug, Nechse Malug, it becomes, it's really it's her property being like, sort of like leased to him or something like that, and therefore will differentiate in the Mishnah between those two categories when it comes to a woman who herself is a psula, who can't eat truma, who brings in an asset that's a slave into the marriage. So the Mishnah says, Almanala Kohen Gadol, if you have this woman who's a widow who married a Kohen Gadol illegally, and therefore she's psula. Grusha v'chalutza l'kohen heriot. The same goes if you have a woman who's a grusha divorcee or a chalutza. She participates in chalutza, in chalitza, which is like being a divorcee, madurabanan. And she's now married to a kohen heriot, a regular kohen. Both those are illegal. Hechnisa lo abde malug v'abde tzon barzel. If she brings into the marriage slaves, some of which are categorized as malug, and some are tzon barzel. So the abde malug, the usufruct property that she brings in, which really hers and going to be hers to take the actual person back if she gets divorced, lo yochlu truma. that slave may not eat truma because it's considered to be like part and parcel with her. And it's mighty strange if she can't eat truma, but it could, the slave could, he could eat truma. Um, 
I should point out here, this is the only Dindra Rabbanon. Midoraisa, in truth, since he has a Kenyan in it, he, the Kohen, has a Kenyan in the slave also, he's a Chrais for it, um, really, it, the slave could eat. But Midoraisa Rabbanon, we're saying, since it's like hers, we're not letting, if she can't, then the slave can't either. In contrast, Avde Tzon Barzel, when it comes to the Tzon Barzel, the property that's going to belong to him, in like perpetuity after his actual object, so then Yochelu, those slaves could eat Trumanel, um, because they're not really connected to her anymore, they're connected to him, and her being a psula doesn't make a difference. Ve'elen avde melug, we're going to define now what constitutes slaves that are melug slaves, usufruct slaves. Imesu, for example, if and if the husband dies, mesula. Um, so then the the like the benefit is to excuse me, I said that badly. If imesu, if the slave dies, mesula, she suffers the loss. Vimho siru, and if the slave um, increases, both their, let's say there's another slave born, or or the slave increases in value, could get stronger or something. Hosiru la, the benefits that increase belong to her. Afopi shahu chayab even though the husband, the Kohen, is obligated to feed these Malug slaves. That's because how else are they going to get fed? This is Dindar because she has no assets of her own. She's gotten married to him. Therefore, he has an obligation to take care of her assets. So therefore, notwithstanding that, Hare elu lo yochlu betruma. Nevertheless, these slaves may not eat truma because if she can't, they can't either because they're her slaves. As I said before, ve'eluhen avde tzon varzel. What constitutes slaves that are tzon varzel slaves? Those are ones that imesu, if the slave dies, mesu lo. It's the husband who owns them who suffers a loss. Vim hosiru, if they increase in number or value, so then hosiru lo, the benefit accrues only to him because he owns them. Since he is responsible for them, they're his. And I guess the general rule in the Torah Sashkaf is if you take responsibility for it, it's like yours. Since it's responsibility for it in full, they're his, you know, for to win or lose. Therefore, they, these slaves, may eat truma, being subordinate, considered subordinate and part of the household of that Kohen.